Welcome back to Holistically Hope with Rachel Pontillo. I am your host, Rachel Pontillo, and today my guest is the wonderful Andrea Ellsworth of Andrea Ashley CO. Andrea is an organic skincare formulator, an esthetician, as well as an aromatherapist, and she makes custom skincare products, does one-on-one -on -one aromatherapy consultations, and also has a gorgeous and free online magazine called Andrea Ashley. We're going to talk today about aromatherapy, customized skincare, as well as something that is really important, and honestly, what I think it's all about, and how we can use skincare and aromatherapy to help improve self-image. I introduce you to Andrea Ellsworth. Hi Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so happy to have you here. I love talking about everything that we're going to talk about today. Skincare, aromatherapy, some of the deeper issues that some people don't always think about right away when it comes to topical skincare or self-care or aromatherapy. So I'm really happy to hear your perspective and share it with our audience. Yeah, now, absolutely. Yeah, so you have a really unique approach to skincare and aromatherapy. And I would love it if you would share with us a little bit about your background and how you practice and what experiences in your own life brought you to practice the way that you do. For sure. Um, my background goes back probably about 12 years in the holistic health and skincare and aromatherapy. Um, and I think it was probably like my biggest learning curve is straight out of school and working in the spa industry. Um, it was so quickly learned what I liked and what I disliked about the industry. Um, I really didn't like the cookie cutter treatments or products. Um, they're all being sold in kind of a, like an either or system, you know? It was, you were either dry or oily, right. or you have acne or you don't, or you're mature or you're a teen. You know, there wasn't an all-inclusive, a holistic way of treating people. Um, and the treatments itself as well were also very cookie cutter. We were just sitting in there doing the exact same thing on every single person no matter what their needs or desires or skincare goals were. So that was one thing that as soon as I got in the industry, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, and then speaking about that a little further, um, I didn't really like how estheticians didn't know about the ingredients in the skincare they were using, and they didn't know the effects of the ingredients on the body. So um, like when we were being trained on a skincare line, we were basically being trained from a marketing standpoint of view, like a marketing package from a sales rep, rather than really trying to know and figure out what the ingredients were doing on a surface level and what they're doing to our body once they're absorbed. So that was another like little <laughs> red flag thing to me that I was like, huh, like we, we should know, we should know better because the people who are coming in were really coming to you for something that they really, really wanted. They wanted a change. They wanted, they were putting something in your hands that they really were trusting you with. So I definitely wanted to go deeper um, on that aspect. And then I guess the last part from my experience would be that I wasn't really a fan of how the industry was more of an emphasis on vanity rather than um, self-care when it came to skincare and aromatherapy. So some of the spas I worked at could actually intimidate someone who is, you know, less than quote unquote perfect to come in. And well, back then it was like that. It's definitely changed a lot. Um, 
But those experiences together definitely left me longing for wanting to do something more, wanting to evolve the industry, wanting to do something more custom and something more unique and something more focused on self-care, making women feel fabulous no matter where they were at in that point of time. I'm really glad you said, well, all of that. But a couple of things that I, I want to uh, I want to respond to, I want to react to, is um, what you said about estheticians really not understanding the ingredients in products and how they work on the skin, how they work on the body, and just trusting that the information they're getting from the manufacturers is all they need to know. It's valid, yeah. It's so not. I mean, honestly, I used to work in cosmetics departments in. Um, you know, just traditional department store makeup brands mm -hmm. I worked for. And I would I attended a lot of trainings through those companies. And then once I became an esthetician, both when I was at school and then afterwards, I attended manufacturer training classes and workshops. And I have to tell you, there was not much of a difference in the quality of ingredient education between a conventional cosmetic product that you would buy at a department store and a product line that you supposedly can only get from professionals. It was really a lot of the same. And I was perplexed by that because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I went to school, I invested this money, I invested this time in my education for my aesthetics license. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason I did that is because I wanted to work with higher, higher quality skincare products. And yeah, it doesn't seem that that was the case, and uh, for a long time, like yeah. we definitely made strides, and it's so exciting where we're at now with the green beauty industry. But totally. it wasn't that way. You're exactly right. We were basically putting the same thing on that you can get at Shoppers Drug Mart and calling it professional. Right, and sure, there. I mean, there were some changes that allowed them to market in that way. But you're absolutely right. So many times, it was just marketing and not substance, not an actual thing. What somebody was paying more money for was really just a different kind of label on the same type of product. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I, al I also really feel that it, not understanding about the actual ingredients, it, it doesn't really lend to the professionalism overall that an esthetician should have. That's right. And you're talking about how, you know, you're sick of, you were sick of people being treated as one specific type, either this or that, and not as a whole person with, you know, that whole person's needs in mind. So I, I really feel that um, there's just so much there that, yes, thankfully things are changing because with the green beauty movement, we are starting to look more at, you know, less types. Those lines are starting to blur and the person rather than the skin is what's starting to be focused on and that's i love how aromatherapy really helps with that approach yeah and that like that's a big importance to me uh because aromatherapy again speaking back then when i first entered the industry it was very much just an ingredient and kind of hoopla -y. <laughs> do you know what i mean yes. just like this smells nice and that's the ambiance and we weren't really using it for how beautiful and to the full potential, you know? We weren't using it for the therapeutic and healing and balancing properties. We were just using it almost, again, as marketing, like spas smell like lavender. That's what they should smell like. Instead of being like, well, what does lavender do on a physiological level or what does it do when it interacts with the skin? So um, 
Yeah, that was definitely one thing that entered my mind too, is that we should really be knowing what we're diffusing in the spa and why we're using it. Like everything should be intentional. I agree, not just because it happens to smell good. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. let's, I wanna talk a little bit more about that because you obviously, as an aromatherapist and as a skincare formulator and esthetician, you've been working with skincare and aromatherapy together for a long time now. And I, I know that something that you really wanted to talk about today was how all of this affects someone's self-image, what it does to a person to actually help that person feel better about themselves, not just look better on the surface. Mm -hmm. So how do skincare and aromatherapy relate to self-image in your practice and what you've seen with your clients? Um, quite a bit. So I try to differentiate, like I said, rather than using it as vanity, I prefer to use it as a time for self-care and self-love. Um, and I'm really trying to advocate that through when I speak with my clients, like, you know, the intention behind what you're putting on and knowing what you're putting on and being aware of what's going into your body and why. Um, you know, just it's, it's a mindset. I just want to encourage you to change that focus a little bit. Uh, and mainly because many of the women I've encountered have self-image issues. You know, they're, they tend to come to me because they want to follow a trend of skincare. They want to follow a trend of beauty. Um, as a way to feel good about themselves and they're relying on all these like outward things to fill that need or longing when really it's short-lived you know they're it leaves them longing for the next thing and the next thing and the new and approved thing <laughs> or they just they get that thing that works for X Y and Z and they're still not satisfied because they're all of a sudden focused on another physical attribute that is not up to perfection in their mind right um, so in my opinion, that's exactly it. It's the problem is internal, you know, it's, it's in their mind. It's how they feel about themselves on a core level. So how we treat ourselves and how we talk to ourselves and honor ourselves, um, is so, is so much more important. It, it's, it's the underlining issue, you know? So, um, when you're purchasing something because People, you know, the marketing, it says that, you know, it'll make you thinner faster. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something we've, like we've that. We've all seen those products, and a lot of us have used them as well. <laughs> no one in this room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, what is that going to So the product could be great, absolutely. I have no problems with people working with products that work great for what they want to achieve and to make themselves feel good. That's not the issue. The issue is that they're working with that product and then they're still muttering to themselves, you know, fat cow as they apply it or they're applying a face cream still being like, oh, you're so ugly or whatever their own personal vendetta is. And I just want that to change. I want that to shift. I want um, the industry not to pry on people's insecurities and market based on people's insecurities and instead be like, you're beautiful just the way you are. but if you want to take care of yourself and nourish yourself and have, you know, 15 minutes of you time a day to be like, thank you, you're awesome. Here's some ways to do that. You know, it's just a little shift in mind, focus on, on what we're putting out there for women. I love that. I think it's so important. And I think that we absolutely need that shift for women of all ages that, you know, no matter what's going on with your skin, there's nothing wrong with you. And, in most cases, there's nothing wrong with your skin either. It's just something yeah. that 
might be going on that your skin's trying to tell you about your body, but it doesn't mean that you as a person are flawed in any way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I love just what you said, it, and that's exactly what I want to advocate for is, is creating that awareness. So people tend to focus on just the topical and the physical instead of being the awareness of, well, why, what, is, what is my skin trying to tell me? Right. Why am I feeling this way? Why is this manifesting on the outside? Um, and which is why I totally love what you do and I'm so aligned with it because to, just doing topical is not the end all be all. Right. It is a very holistic thing to take care of your skin and everything you eat and the way you nourish and take care of yourself is going to reflect on that. So, yeah, it really, it really has to be a full picture, a complete circle approach. Um, I, I actually, I call my, um, my monthly retainer coaching program, the full circle because it, it, you have to have these various aspects and wherever a person is on their own journey, we can just, you know, figure out where you are, meet you there and just continue. But it has to be the diet, it has to be the topical. But once people put those together, that third piece, the way I practice is that mindset piece. Yeah. And yeah. you're so right that so many people rely on that other stuff to make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. When in fact, flipping it and starting with well what if i what if i'm far, what if i'm perfect the way i am exactly then leading with that everything else then starts to fall into place more so i want to talk now a little bit back to your approach and we we both share the same approach about how we believe topical skincare regimens should be customized mm -hmm. for each individual person mm -hmm. can you say a little bit more about about how you go about working with clients to get that customized regimen for people? Yeah, so I absolutely think it should be customized. <laughs> um, it's just always been clear that it should be to me. We're all so different and yet we're treating everyone the same. So, well, within, you know, maybe like a three skin care type right. option anyways, you know? Um, and the reasons why each of us are experiencing the same issue or have like a same or similar skincare concern can be so unique. So like for me myself, as someone growing up with acne, I was always treated with acne products. And back then, um, that was technically the same as being treated for oily skin with maybe some like antibacterial properties, you know? Um, and none of it helped. And and why? Well, well, one of them was hormones, you know? <laughs> I was going through that phase and I was going through that phase no matter what. But um, the main thing is, is that I had sensitive normal skin. Mm -hmm. So every acne product at the, that time, I mean, it, was, it was, was harsh. It was stripping. It was always thinking that you're producing too much oil, and that's why you have acne. Right. Um, so I continued to strip, and then my skin started to create more sebum and went into overdrive. And then I actually looked more oily than I did before I even started the whole regimen itself. Um, so I think the industry has come a long way from that, like with the influx of natural and green beauty, which is awesome. Like I love where everything has been going. Um, with all the indie products out there right now, it's a lot easier to really fine tune and to find a little bit more customization and you know, um, find your tribe. You know, find who's who's creating what you're looking for. Right, and mix uh, and match. And mix and match exactly and take ownership into your own hands like that's what I'm really loving about the customization um, 
like I still think we can benefit from taking topical skincare further into our own hands, you know, like the way we would our health or our diet, you go to a nutritionist or a naturopath or a holistic um, allergist to get more source, you know, to find out what you need to avoid or what you need to embrace specifically to you. And, and that's what I offer as a service for skincare and aromatherapy. So um, you may know all of the things that are out there, you know that this ingredient, yeah, it does this and yeah, it does that, but you don't know if it's technically good for you and your needs overall as a person holistically. So when I do treat someone for skincare, I'd like to know their health and wellness aspects too because I want to make sure the essential oils I'm putting in there are doubling down. We're not just using them for skincare, but we're using them in a way to benefit you overall and holistically. That's a great point because I, I also, I'm a big fan of, I call them multitasking ingredients. If you can kill more than one bird with one stone, I say go for it. <laughs> it's a very violent way to look at it, but you get the analogy. Yeah. Um, I, I, essential oils are, I mean, whether, whether or not you are someone who buys into the fact that topical skincare ingredients do get absorbed into the bloodstream, I mean... I've heard numbers around 60%, then 70% of the absorption rate. It really does vary depending on the person's skin and also depending on the uh, the manufacturing and formulation of the ingredients themselves into the product. But hands down, we can agree essential oils, they absorb fast. They absorb fast. And they stay in the body for a good amount of time. So when we are applying them topically in a skincare product, we are affecting the internal organs and systems of the body and we have to know how that happens. So what you were saying about sustainability and making really mindful choices of what, what what's going on with that person, it, it really is, um, it, it's a great way to look at it. So, all right, I wanna talk now about your magazine, about Andrea Ashley. And it's just a gorgeous magazine. I love looking through it. Um, is it, it's only online or do you do it in print as well? It's only online. Um, I've been asked that a couple times and I, I kind of go back and forth because, because of sustainability and, right. and the waste. Um, but <laughs> there's something about a hard copy of a magazine in your hands that feels good. So I, I cannot predict the future. I know that if I ever were to make that change, it would need to be something that felt aligned with me that was sustainable and it was done in an ethical way but it's just online for now got it so i want to know it you know a little bit of what your vision was when you were dreaming this up and when you first put it out there and if you can give our audience just a little bit of an overview of what they can expect from reading it and where it's going the vision is just to encourage self-confidence in women. It, like That is what I want more than anything in the world. Um, so the magazine is to encourage that self-confidence through holistic skincare, self-care, and self-love. So um, again, bring it back to that approach I was talking about, self-care versus vanity. Um, I want it to be a magazine that a woman can come and find ways to um, motivate themselves to love themselves, you know? Um, who they are and as they are. So the magazine is basically a space filled with articles based on holistic living and ways to be more mindful and ways to love yourself, ways to nourish yourself. Um, and there's an evolving influence of emotional well-being and positive self-body image articles. So I really want to bring the emotional aspect 
into the magazine because as I said earlier, I feel like we're neglecting that part where we keep reaching for vanity and topical things or clothes or whatever it may be, out, out external things to fix um, maybe what we're not feeling inside. So I really wanted that to go into the magazine. Um, and at the end of the day, I just, I created Andrea Ashley Co. because I wanted to be a leader to help reduce the competition between women. Um, and instead of, uh, instead have like all of us stand together and say everyone in every shape and every size and every ethnicity is beautiful and it's all good. You know, um, I, I definitely do not put down the campaigns out there that have advocated for self-image, um, for self, for healthy self-image, you know, when a few years ago there was a huge campaign, you know, uh, what was it? Um, was real it the women have curves. Yeah, real, the real, okay. real women have curves, right? Yep. And I, I totally don't, don't beg on that at all. I think, I think the intention was great. I think it was a great strive and it needed to be done. But I just think there's a way that we can always, everyone, instead of being like thin is beautiful or big is beautiful, just to advocate for the person who's sitting in that space, we need to stop dividing <laughs> and and just be like we're all beautiful every shape of size. It would I think the emotions would probably start to fall behind on that as well, because then we're not always thinking, well, I don't have that, therefore I'm not. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that you brought that campaign up um, in particular, and I, I, I actually felt a little bit triggered by that because I, I'm someone who I, I've been a, a couple of different weights in my life. I grew up very slim and tall and lanky and not too many curves, and then I went through a point where I was over 200 pounds and quite curvy. And uh, then, you know, I, I came back to what would be, what is normal for my body now, which is, you know, I, what I feel, what my body tells me is a healthy weight when I give it what it needs. And I didn't feel any more or less real at any weight that I was at. I'm still real. <laughs> There's, you know, I mean, so this idea of a real woman to me, I, I I find really, um, as you said, divisive. And I feel that women need to band together and support one another, not say, well, if you don't have curves, you're not real. Or if you don't have this, then you're not a real woman. I, I really, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> a little bit of a trigger for me. It, you know, it, it definitely was for me too. It, and I watch, you know, as my friends of different shapes and sizes, what they struggled with when we were teens and Finn was so in. Yeah. And, you the know. Waif. I remember and, the waifs. Right? <laughs> and it, it causes divide even within your best friends and your sisters. And because, like I said, they prey on emotional insecurity and with that marketing. And um, once you feel that you're less than, you know, you look at anyone else that has it and, and just don't feel as comfortable around them. So it is creating a divide that is unnecessary. It's true. You automatically have a stigma about yourself that leads your thought processes and your relationships with other people before they even open their mouths. You already think they feel a certain way about you. I know that's something um, I wrote about in my book that I experienced when I had acne. 
I automatically assumed that people were looking at the acne before I would even have an interaction with someone. Yeah. And that's real. Whether it was real in the outside reality, it was real in this reality, in my own reality. Real. That's right. Yeah. And that's, that's valid. Nice. Just because other people don't believe it doesn't mean it's less valid. So we really have to work collectively Absolutely. to encourage women to band together and support each other and to honor each other's experiences and thoughts, not judge them, not divide them, not segregate them. And Absolutely. just realize, you know, we are, we're women here. We are the life givers of the future. And it's my belief that we are going to save the future of the human race. That's just my whole thing. I'm like, I'm I've been you. in like <laughs> battle cry mode lately. I'm like, come on girls, let's go. I've, I've just I'm been really way. fired up lately that these men have screwed things up in our society for way too long. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I, yeah, I'm so aligned with, with everything you're saying. That's that's totally why I, I created the brand. That's why I created the magazine. It was so important to me to have a format for people to, uh, for, for people to feel that we were encouraging women rather than the other way, you know, instead of telling them what to do and how they should feel in their to-do list and um, a space that they could, they could find and feel encouraged to tell themselves that they are beautiful and actually feel it and actually believe it. Yeah. Um, feeling it and believing it, that's really, it is the hardest part, but it's not as hard as people may think. And I love that your magazine gives really practical ways that people can practice this and, and start doing it because the terms self-love and self-care are so tough for people to start adopting. But once they start reading and learning, okay, this is how this person does it. This is how this person views it. And I mean, you know, you and I both lead with skincare in a lot of aspects of our business because oftentimes people are first moved to take action when they have something they want to achieve with their skin, but then incorporating self-care and self-love practices with something as simple as your skincare regimen can be mm -hmm. a really powerful shift. Absolutely. And um, I think it's important that we do share where we come from and that this the self-care and the self-love isn't easy. It, it is hard work. It's absolutely hard work. And just because we're in the industry of self-love and self-care doesn't mean that it came any easier for us, you know? Um, and I want to be that, you know, that relatable woman. So when people are reading my magazine, they're not thinking that I have something up on them that they can't achieve because that's just not, that's just not facts. It was hard. It was hard for me. And it's still hard for industry leaders. I I do a feature interview in each of the issues, and one of the questions I always ask are, um, what are like, what are three things you love about yourself? And almost every single woman who is in this industry and teaching other women how to self-care and self-love struggled to answer it. It is so true. I was um, when I was at the Diva Girl conference in Philadelphia. I know you know Diva Girl also. Um, one of the speakers, the keynote speaker, Sandy Weston, who's a, she's amazing. She's a friend of mine. She had a crowd exercise where we had to partner up with a stranger and tell each other something we love most about ourselves. And it was like crickets. <laughs> and then she's like, come on, pick something. And then she's like, all right, why don't you say what you love about that other person and then try it. I mean, she had to like break the crowd into it because yeah. 
the thought of telling a stranger I love this about myself was too hard. It it's, is. It's amazing. The self-care, people feel guilty. They feel they don't deserve or they feel it's selfish, you know, to take that time and, you know, put themselves first and take care of themselves. And if they just, the two go on hand in hand. It's like they feel uncomfortable with saying, no, I am good at this. So these are great things about me. And being like, no, I do deserve this. And I do deserve to take care of myself just as I do take care of my family and my spouse or my child. So, um, the this, this shift is happening, like everything else we're talking about, the shift is there, and I think women are wanting it. Yeah, women are wanting it, and women are leading it, and we have yeah. to keep going with it. You gotta keep sure. writing, and keep talking, and keep sharing, and get more women, you know, on board. Get more women feeling it, feeling that it's time for a change, that we're sick of living this way. Absolutely. And we're sick of society, and marketing companies, and advertising agencies, trying to make money by making women feel that like, there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And can't we, do that. that. Like even once we accomplish our own feats, like with the generation of women today, um, we need, it's so important that we do it now because of the next generation. Yeah. Like I want to make some drastic changes so our little girls can be growing up with healthy body images and overhearing us speak healthy and positively about ourselves and leading by example on how we can honor and value who we are inside and out instead of, I mean, looking through a magazine and being like, you know, mommy, why don't I look like that? And yes. mommy, this says I need to lose weight or otherwise I'm not summer ready or, oh <laughs> you know, know. Things, things like that. Or, or the kid even hearing you being like, overhearing you getting ready for an event, being like, oh, I don't look good in this or I'm too big for this, right? You know? If, if we change our mindset and perspective, it'll start to trickle down. I think that's yes. so important. We have to lead by example, and yes. all of that talk, negative talk starts in our own minds, but positive talk does too. And I've said this numerous times, This it takes as much energy to think positively about yourself as it does to think negatively about yourself. It's just a choice of which direction you're gonna go. That's right. And we have to retrain ourselves to talk positively in our own minds and out loud and especially if we have little girls around us which I do I've got two and uh, I really feel strongly called to reach mothers of daughters and help them to lead by example to feel secure in themselves first as mothers as women so that they can raise daughters who also feel strong and confident and love themselves as women as girls, as women, and eventually maybe as mothers. Yeah, absolutely. It's a cycle. So, yeah. yeah, we need to lead with ourselves. Amen to that. Wow, what an important message from Andrea Ellsworth. Thank you so much for listening and watching, and thank you so much to Andrea Ellsworth for being here today. If you want to consult with Andrea, sign up to receive her free and gorgeous magazine, Andrea Ashley. Head on over to www.andreaashley.ca. 
very important. It's the .ca, not .com. And subscribe and check out all of the resources she has available for you. If you like this episode and you want to make sure that you don't miss out on future ones, be sure to subscribe to my iTunes channel, my YouTube channel, and of course, be sure to head on over to my website at holisticallyhope.com. Leave me a comment. Thank you again for being here. I'm Rachel Pontillo. I'll be back soon with another episode, and I wish you a beautiful day. Bye.